<laughs> Welcome to the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from the year of the movie 2023. I'm Sebastian. I'm Maggie. And welcome to our podcast. Yep. Before we begin, if you want to go ahead and uh, support our, uh, us, if you want to support us, mm-hmm. check us out on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We got some stuff there. Uh, it's going to be exclusive content, some bonus content there. Gonna have some bonus episodes of this, some bonus episodes of other stuff. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast service, leave us a, a nice rating. It helps us with the algorithm. Yeah. Today's yeah. episode, we're talking about 2023's hit film. It it struck the nation by storm. It struck old dads. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite sorry i kicked you (laughs) for our video viewers um we don't have bryce today so we're just sticking on this one camera he's a busy boy this week he's very busy it's it's the week of halloween prior Mm -hmm. prior follow it we're no upcoming it's the 25th it is the 25th Mm -hmm. it is an easy way that i could have said that i'm a little i'm a little all over the place right now Mm -hmm. because we tried to start this and then i left the door open and it's gone downhill (laughs) ever since (laughs) Um, why, why though did we start this podcast? We started this podcast because 2023 is a goofy year for movies. Strikes happened slash are happening. Uh, then other movies just came out unrelated to that. Legally obligated to mention our sponsor, 65, Cocaine Bear. Uh, other, other notable ones um like the barbie movie an aquaman is coming out an indiana jones has came out this year a mission impossible came out this year a power rangers came out this year like big franchise things and also dumb money and yeah <laughs> a bunch of other stuff also uh like five nights at freddy's and uh iron lung might be coming out this year mm. uh, which is a thing we should talk about at some point yeah so a lot of stuff this is one of the stuffs this is old dads this is old dads the synopsis of old dads if you don't know which i'm sure you already do mm-hmm. is three best friends become fathers later in life and find themselves battling preschool principals millennial ceos and anything created after 1987 what were your first impressions when you heard about this movie and unrelated what do you think about bill burr <laughs> uh, my we should first... ask that every episode. Yeah, every episode. <laughs> uh, my first impressions when I heard about this movie was mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. because this is Bill Burr's directorial debut, mm-hmm. so I was intrigued because unrelated, mm-hmm. I I do enjoy Bill Burr, but more, his more recent things. Yeah, um, he has gotten less angry, and he's he's done many interviews where he's like, I don't think I've gotten less angry. Yeah. Uh, but it's just apparent that he has. Um, and he's done more dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one, at least for me, just because I watched Star Wars, is he shows up in The Mandalorian as mm-hmm. like a pretty interesting character. Um, but he showed up in uh, Reservation Dogs as as a character. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, and just like other little things. Mm-hmm. That's just like, oh, it's Bill Burr like doing like... A pre- oh, he was in um, King of Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like that was that was his other big one. I that think. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Like I know he is a dad, like a recent dad in real mm-hmm. life, so like I could I could see this working. Yeah, um, I think he has he has two kids. Um, 
in the movie, his semi-autobiographical character has his first kid when he's 46. I think in real life, it was closer to like 49 and 52 when he had his kids. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously something he's experienced in real life. Um, I, my only impressions about this movie came from you talking about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have heard about it. And like, we've mentioned the Commonwealth Sanctuary and like, it's a comedy club and this is where we record our podcasts and stuff. So like, I've, I'm familiar with like, stand up in general. Yeah. I've never been as big of a fan as like you are mm -hmm. um so i knew who he was i just haven't super interacted with any of his work yeah i mean you're not the target audience bill burr is I'm shocked bill burr is a comedian who just says offensive things to be offensive yeah he's steered away from that more recently mm -hmm. i feel like um like he's still offensive but it's not like as bad he is also you know grown as a person and yeah. learned things and, and whatnot um which... i think when he at least from from the stuff that i have read about him when he first started out then it was offensive for the sake of being offensive but then uh or like that's the first thing that he gained popularity from um and then now it's kind of like offensive to like push buttons and be like but why is that offensive and yeah. like to get people thinking about stuff and i do like that as a concept yeah this movie is different from that. A little bit. <laughs> uh, as always, before we talk about the movie, we talk about the trailer, and we talk about the trailer for a few reasons. One of the reasons is we can't legally show the trailer. Mm -hmm. um, also, it wouldn't be very fun for the audio viewers, I guess. Um, <laughs> to just hear. Hear. <laughs> Especially if it was like a montage trailer. <laughs> it's just music. You're like, yeah. all right, okay, I'll be as good song, I guess. <laughs> uh, also, if you haven't checked out the movie you don't know about the movie then the trailer is a good little brief explanation mm -hmm. to see if you are interested in the movie and there's also not much to talk about in ways of non-spoilers so if you don't want spoiled then you can listen to this part and then we'll let you know when we're getting into spoiler territory mm -hmm. and then you can uh come on back you can pause mm -hmm. watch it and come back mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you know whose turn it is i want to say it's my turn okay uh, this is the official trailer that's on Netflix's YouTube and like we're kind of joking about whether or not you've actually heard about this movie, but it does currently have 5.9 million views and it was posted a month ago. Yeah. So we should also uh, say that we have a job that we watch movies before they are released mm -hmm. publicly. And so uh, we uh, saw this in theaters. Um, yeah. And, and our views on this movie don't reflect the company that we work for. <laughs> We're not paid for them. I'm not even going to say what it is. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, personal opinions uh, don't reflect that of my employer. Uh, uh, please don't sue me. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> so now Amen. on to the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Upbeat music plays with a man, uh, Jack, who's played by Bill Burr, uh, voiceover saying, I always wanted to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's Willem Dafoe again. It just took me 46. Yeah, every every guy is Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah. This movie would have been better if it had Willem Dafoe. Ooh, and Bill Burr in inside. <laughs> playing a 51-year-old. <laughs> Uh, I always wanted to be a dad. It just took me 46 years to get there. We see Jack throwing a baseball to his young son and kids running around screaming at a backyard party. 
Jack's son is on the ground with a scrape on his elbow, and Jack tells him, just rub some dirt on it. As his son does, another younger dad walks up and tells Jack, you might want to put some Neosporin on that, it could get infected. And Jack says, oh yeah? Are you a doctor, or are you, all, are you just like one of those WebMD guys? The other dad responds with a smile, it's just common knowledge, you want to keep the cut clean. Jack says, well listen, I'm trying to raise a little man here, not a effing P. Uh... I'm not going to say the swears because we're so early on in this episode. I don't want to get demonetized <laughs> in can, any way. You can fill in the blanks. <laughs> not a freaking pal. <laughs> There's a beat as the music stops and the other dad's face, uh, sorry, other dad's smile fades. Jack continues, so why don't you go on Twitter and share the story where you're the hero? The other dad walks away and the Netflix logo comes up. Then we see Jack and his two friends, Mike and Connor, walking into their office saying, What's up, party people? And we see Connor talking to a young woman asking, You check out that new joint from little baby? Come on, pound it out. Asking her for a fist bump. She smiles but just says, That's okay, thanks. Connor says, What? He's fleek. Fleekity fleek. And smiles. A full screen graphic. Work is changing. Briefly appears. Then we see their now updated office space as Mike says, All right, you two, lock it down. We gotta impress this dude. And we see their new young boss... Aspen, who tells them in a meeting, change happens faster than when you were young. This company is now a gender-neutral, carbon-neutral, 21st century lifestyle brand. There's another beat, and then a clip of Jack saying, I don't know what any of that means. Another full-screen graphic that says society is evolving, and then we hear a woman, Leah, tell Jack, you need to talk to someone about your anger. (laughs) There's then a brief series of clips showing Jack picking his son up from school, where another woman, Dr. L., Tells- Dr. Lois Turner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I do like that they say her full name every single yeah. time. Um, tells Jack, you were late. He says, I couldn't find a parking spot. And she says, we don't accept excuses. Jack walks up to her asking, is there a problem here, miss? And she responds in front of other parents. Well, if you had actually read the school guidebook, then I wouldn't have to tell you anything. We see Jack now yelling at her saying, I read the guidebook. All right. You stumpy little C. And then he doesn't say it. It cuts out before oh, he says it. Okay, sorry. You stumpy little, and then it cuts out. Spoiler yeah. for the movie. Yeah. He says the c word. Uh huh. Which disclosure. Corn. I'm a big fan of corn. <laughs> <laughs> we see Jack now yelling at her, saying, "I read the guidebook, all right." You stumpy little, and then a gasps gasp sound effect, and everyone looking at Jack. One of the dads just says a shocked, "Wow." Full screen graphic, they're doing their best before a shot of a car driving down a road in the middle of a desert. We see Mike ask a guy in the car, Travis, you feel that your generation is more evolved? And Travis says, yeah, absolutely. We then get a clip of the guys on rideshare scooters unable to work. What? Unable to make them work. Un- I phrase okay. that weird. Unable to make them work and yelling at each other to hit the thing. Connor tells Mike, come on, let's go on the scooter. And Mike says, you know I got a flip phone. Connor says, are you kidding me? And Jack drives away. It then cuts to Jack on stage in front of a cheering crowd. Then his voice over, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And then a child screaming and throwing a stick. Then shots of Jack hugging his son and the voiceover saying, but I'd do anything for my kid. There are shots of Jack and Connor working out, all of them on scooters together and walking through a casino in slow motion. We see Connor talking to Aspen, telling him, you have no idea how awesome I was at your age. Julio Iglesias came up to me in an airport Dead certain that I was his son, Enrique. That's the kind of vibe I was putting out, bro. A slightly confused Aspen responds, That's ridiculous. 
There's another beat as the music cuts out again and Connor turns to look at him before saying, I was ridiculous. The title card for Old Dad comes up for several seconds before cutting back to the dad who said wow earlier asking, is there a reason we always have two white men dominating the discussion in this room? Jack turns to Connor and asks, that's not a white guy? And Connor says, I'm confused before the Netflix release date comes on screen. So some quick thoughts. Uh huh. <laughs> this is either for you or not for you pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, there, there's no... There's, if you watch the trailer before you see the movie, there should be zero surprises about what it's going to be yeah, about. Which I didn't. I, all I knew about this movie was it was Bill Burr's yeah. directorial debut. At least tonally. Yeah. Uh, there shouldn't be any surprises about what this movie is about. Um, it doesn't lay out a clear sequence of plot in terms of like sequencing of events. You get mm-hmm. the general tone of like, they're older dads. That's in the title. Uh, a new guy who is younger than them has taken over their business. And then also school is weird mm-hmm. that's about it yep um and it was i i also didn't watch the trailer until after i watched the movie and it was a lot more vibes based than what i was expecting yeah. um but once you know about the movie then that's also like not i shouldn't have been surprised about that <laughs> <laughs> and we can get what into why in a second yeah um the other thing just like an editing note um was i i knew that like when they're on the scooters i knew what they were talking about of like trying to get them to work because a lot of times you have an app that's associated with the scooters in order to like turn them on um but when connor or mike just says you know i've got a flip phone like it feels totally out of context (laughs) for them trying to make these things work (laughs) it just yeah I don't know. Nothing else super stood out to me from it's fair. the trailer. Yeah, it's just yeah. Again, clear. I'm not the target audience. <laughs> uh, yeah. The cast. The cast. Um, so many character actors show up in this movie that are like so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people. Um, that like the the woman who isn't Flo from the progressive commercials. Um, the guy who says uh like white men dominating the conversation i do like his line read yeah he's in white men uh silicon valley as yeah. big head and don't remember um, the actor's name a bunch of other people that you're just like i recognize that face uh there's is there someone at the door there is someone here for sure it's yeah probably someone else who works in the building hello <laughs> <laughs> yep there's your dad <laughs> okay cast cast bill burr (laughs) as uh the main character jack kelly uh bobby bobby cannavale is that how you pronounce his name Mm -hmm. as uh connor brody bokeem woodbine as mike richards those are his two buddies kate uh, katie asselton as leah kelly that's jack's wife rain edwards as Brittany, who is mike's younger girlfriend um jackie tone t-o-h-n as cara brody it's connor's wife miles robbins as aspen bell who is the new ceo that takes over rachel harris as dr lois schmeckel turner who is like the school superintendent i forget what like touchy-feely term they use for her i think they say that of like i'm not a principal i'm a i'm a buddy yeah i don't know something stupid like yeah uh justin miles as travis ramin uh he is a, a co-worker 
um that's in the car with them and then see thomas howell as ed cameron <laughs> who i don't even know how to describe ed cameron there's not a good way to S- describe without okay so i mean we can talk about it in a bit yeah once we get more into the movie i think uh it's a cameo role basically yeah. but also in in a really small role for like a minute maybe mm-hmm. uh paul walter hauser shows up as a motel manager uh if you're not familiar with him he is you know someone who is kind of blowing up more recently um he he was in the blackbird miniseries uh on apple tv plus oh yeah um he he is in a i think you should leave sketch where he's like i shouldn't have said that about my wife it's a very good sketch um he's in cobra kai as someone uh uh, what's what's the little what's a uh, stingray he plays a character named stingray <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like like a really weird dude yeah um the big thing recently though is that there is a rumor that he is the lead in tarantino's final film oh um and he shows up in this movie very briefly yeah <laughs> like i in, feel like in one of my personal least favorite scenes yeah uh i feel like maybe they filmed this movie before he blew up and he just like booked a small gig or maybe he just wanted to work with bill burr i don't know uh let me let me see it was very strange yeah i'm trying to look at when principal photography took place uh some early 2022 okay yeah maybe i don't know i don't know it like I don't know. It doesn't. It's not like he's too big for this role. I thought. I think he might be. He he's definitely on the upswing. Um, oh, because he he's also in the second season of um, After Party. Oh yeah. And like that is a content. Like he's in every episode. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I thought he was a little too big for it. That's fair. But yeah. Um. So this is probably spoiler territory now yes because i want to give a general plot overview yes um because there isn't one (laughs) (laughs) yeah not really uh also just so like yeah we're spoiling now yeah this wasn't maybe our favorite movie and we're gonna talk about that a lot more but uh, also we don't want this to be a super long episode so we probably won't go into like the deepest dive that we have in the past i'm trying i'm gonna try not to or at least (laughs) if i'm complaining about it then keep it like lighthearted because i really i really don't care about this movie yeah for the amount of things that i'm like i don't this isn't good yeah that's i do think this was the first movie that we watched for the podcast that we watched for the podcast oh yeah like all of the other movies i was like somewhat interested in yeah um this one i probably wouldn't have ever watched it even though i was like oh real bird directing that's interesting i probably wouldn't have watched it it probably would have been on the like to watch list like yeah. kind of always yeah yeah <laughs> um so again employer opinions or or my opinions do not reflect that on my employer blah 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 <laughs> so just some context for us watching this movie was like we if we were doing this screening thing it's yeah. open to the public it was very chaotic it was like we got there first we had not worked one of this specific types of screenings before so it was two people who like don't exactly are sort of in positions of authority but don't know what they're doing trying to wrangle a crowd yeah um 
like just people people were watching this movie in a theater before it came out on netflix is basically the thing and we were in charge of getting them into that theater um so we got it all figured out everyone got to see it that showed up all that good stuff but i was still like vaguely stressed the entire time uh and then you had to sit outside of the theater to keep checking people in so you didn't even no i watched it it this morning on on netflix yeah so i watched it in the theater uh and i just like sat down to watch it the opening like five minutes are going on and i was like i don't think this was worth the stress to get people (laughs) here (laughs) yeah the the opening sequence before they get to the title in this movie Mm -hmm. is maybe some of my least favorite movie i've ever seen yeah Um, because it's just so negative yeah it's it's (laughs) and yeah lazy it's bitter yeah which Um, is bill burr that is bill burr yeah and i i understand that yeah but in movie format it doesn't it doesn't work it does not work yeah uh so (laughs) plot overview jack is an older dad he's expecting his second kid with his wife um it kind of it starts out they're at that backyard party they're just vibing like he's got some rough interactions with other dads who are younger than him obviously but um in general it's like these three best buds have got it all figured out and like they're trying their best so they sold their company that was making like the three of them started it together uh they had this company that makes vintage uh or like vintage looking jerseys and other throwback jerseys yeah (laughs) yeah so they're like vintage stuff they sell it uh, they stay on as employees, and then Aspen comes in as their new CEO, who changes a bunch of stuff, and it's basically a completely different company. That's why he says the thing in the trailer of being, like, gender-neutral, carbon-neutral yeah. lifestyle brand. Um, and I, at this point, I was like, nostalgia and vintage are so popular, why would you change that? Why aren't you leaning into it? Why is it changing completely? Yeah, they, they, they chose something that like it doesn't make sense for it to be changed like it, yeah yeah why like aspen, pick a different brand yeah aspen says like i've worked at 12 startups or like some, some 15 yeah some he's ridiculous 28 scene, some high number and he's like uh like bragging about it and they're like are you sure that's something you want to brag about but it it's still like he's worked at all of these companies and he doesn't know like what target audience he wants or like what the strengths already are in the brand whatever that's giving that's reading too much into this um (laughs) jack is late picking up his son he calls the principal a bad word um he has to apologize to the whole school and then also planned a fundraising event to like make up for it um it isn't subtle about implying that like pc school structure only really does this stuff for money and free labor and to guilt people into doing stuff for them yeah i'm gonna spoil this right now the principal who's like the enemy in this movie mm-hmm. um who like does suck yeah. her character sucks she's really annoying i get it mm-hmm. but it ends with one of those scenes at the end of the movie where they do like the and where now, are they now where are they now yeah yeah she got arrested for uh money laundering mon- money laundering from the school yeah and it was just like one of those things that's like why yeah like there is a there's a script that i read that you have also read at this point from someone that we went to school with neither of us know this person but it ends with a couple getting back together 
Oh, yeah. And someone was like, but what about the girl you have been seeing? And he's like, she flunked out of school. And it's just like, why? Yeah. She like, it's just like, why do you need? You didn't need to tie up that particular loose end. Yeah. And this was one of those, like, it's just like, yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is weird. I I I was just listening to a Bechtel cast episode about Showgirls, and in that they were saying like whether you wanted to or not, that movie will like close all of the loops <laughs> of the plot and like like resolve everything. And I feel like this movie tries to do the same thing, where it's it has Dr. Lois Schmeckel Turner gets arrested, and then um, what's his name, Ed Cameron, who uh, the aspen has chosen to become an influencer or an anti-influencer influencer yeah. whatever i don't want to get into it um they're like and also ed cameron came out and married his husband yeah <laughs> it's just because like the one the one scene that we really get with this character is he he is a hermit he he went off by the, choice he went off the grid in the 80s and he's been living alone in a desert mm-hmm. they find him somehow mm-hmm. and then when they find him in the desert he asks them if they're a bunch of f slurs yeah that's the context for the wrap up at the end saying he came out yeah so he was only using that word because he was deeply closeted yeah to the point of like needing to exile himself from society yeah the actor who plays him Uh uh-huh i don't know if he's just friends with bill burr he's too big for that role i agree he like I did not. The guy's got a big beard, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but to the point that I like did not recognize that's who it was until I looked up IMDb cast, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's it's C. Thomas Howell." <laughs> um. Anyway, Mike's girlfriend gets pregnant. Um. So Mike is like the most stable of the guys so far when they're all introduced. Um, yeah. He. His two kids are off in college. They're now. they're already grown up. Um. He like at that party. He points to it like someone asked him, like, what do you know about parenting or something like that? He points to his two kids and he's like, Harvard, Yale. And then he points to uh, across the pool and he's like, my girlfriend, that's my girlfriend who is talking to her friend, my ex-wife. Like, he's got it all figured out or whatever. They make it clear that he and Brittany are on the same page of like, they don't want any more kids. They're cool with where their relationship is at. All that good stuff. Brittany gets pregnant. Um, And then that like... Mike is barely holding it together basically the entire time after that of like coming to terms with his life isn't going to be what he thought it was going to be now. Yeah. Uh, but all of it is internal and he does not vocalize any of it ever. You just like are supposed to read it from his face, which you can in some parts, but also let him say it. Um, but that I think that's like men don't share their feelings. Exactly. And, like and this movie could thing. have talked about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, the guys all get fired for locker room talk in a rental car with travis when they're trying to find ed cameron yeah so like it's it's bad locker room talk like it is it's dead naming caitlin jenner locker room talk it's incredibly offensive yeah but they get caught because the rental car has a in a camera inside that then aspen uses that footage to be like we can have this yeah this goes against our brand values yeah and then which, which i was like the privacy stuff obviously an issue and that's like what the movie wants you to focus on but i was also like the content yeah kind of balances out (laughs) but then travis who is like a younger dude who got hired onto the company by aspen also gets fired and then travis is like why i wasn't i didn't say anything in the car i wasn't condoning their behavior like i was very much 
against it which yeah. like in the scene that we see that's true yeah and then aspen was like well and he hits like a little button and mm-hmm. another clip plays and it's travis in his own home yeah saying singing along with rap music and he's saying the n-word several times singing along with the song which is a whole discussion that they have in the rental car of yes. like mike saying like you think you guys your generation is much more evolved than ours and then he he's like when you when you listen to uh like nwa yeah do you stop he, he keeps saying like do you stop your flow what do you say when the song when that yeah. word comes up and then travis is like i would never say it they start playing the song in the car as like like come on yeah. like let's jam to this and then travis is rapping along and then he's about to say it and he looks at mike and he goes no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like that scene i did like that scene i i, I, yeah. I thought they're like they were close to getting somewhere it didn't quite hit it yeah and then they show that, like, Travis does say it, but he gets fired for a recording that they stole, basically. Yeah. From his own home. And, like... The movie almost does stuff with, like, uh, like privacy concerns. Yeah, but it's such, like, it's there just to they're, move the... S- they're trying to say something about, we live in a surveil- like a surveillance state society. Yes. But then instead it just like Travis is fired and then he's never, you never get aware they are now for Travis. Uh -uh. (laughs) He's like, but you get one for Ed? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the boys are no longer friends because they all get fired uh, and have to like do different stuff. Um, Jack's wife is mad about what he said in the car and like they, they were kind of united like when he said this stuff to the principal and she was like, I get where you're coming from you gotta play nice this she's like come on man like we're we just went through this um and then connor or leah and uh kara yeah um are fighting about parenting styles for a valid reason because kara very valid kara is like she needs so much help don't worry i have a separate bullet point we will get there (laughs) but um (laughs) basically connor isn't allowed to talk to jack anymore because his wife said so and there is a kind of funny scene where he's writing like basically a war letter yeah it's it's a war love letter where he's like it has been so long since i have seen (laughs) and it has like like slow piano yeah yeah that is i think my my favorite part of the movie i I like that until he gets caught until he gets caught then it sucks yeah um Anyway, time passes. The guys reconnect. Jack yells at his wife in public and they separate for a bit. He yells at his wife at the fundraising event um, when he accidentally ends up overbidding for a, like two hours of time with Dr. Lois Schmeckel-Turner. And then she's like, what the hell? We don't have $3,000. You just lost your job. Uh, and he's like, what did you expect me to do? I'm trying to like do all the stuff that you want me to do of like play nice i put this thing on would i put this event on if i was a bad guy like he's like well so she so she wasn't upset that uh he spent that's right he wasn't she wasn't upset about the money yeah no so what happened was he he accidentally outbid everyone else yeah uh dr l walked up to him and said something corny she Uh, said (laughs) she's still like nagging him basically of like I like whatever you do is not going to be enough and then he like tries to call her out on it of like he was just like just 
just stop. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly think that in that moment, he was being the adult because he was yeah. just like, I get, I get it. You he, don't like me. That's fine. You can just stop. He was being <laughs> the adult until he said you can drop the act. Yes. Like, implying that we're all, like, no one is really, like, <laughs> trying to be nice to people or whatever, yeah. which, like, she sucks, but that's still, like, her mission statement, I yes. guess. I don't know. It's it's complicated, but but anyway, it results in Jack yelling at Leah in public, mm-hmm. and then that sucks. Um, th- so they separate, and he's living at a motel. Um, there's a strip club scene. They meet Aspen at a casino. Yeah, there's a strip club, and it's you know you don't really ever need a strip club. <laughs> there are there are funny things that do happen in this scene. Mike gets super drunk. And he mm-hmm. starts dancing with some strippers. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I find funny about this is is when he goes, I'm hella Mike. This is what I like. Yeah. I'm hella Mike. This is what he's I like. He's like fully and, like, broken. But they cut to that scene where he's just doing that yeah. and they cut away. Yeah. That is all the context. Yeah. I like, thought uh, that was funny, but yeah. I don't like like why. This, they, eh. they basically like everything is going wrong for all of them. Or like Jack and uh, Mike end up eating alone together at a (laughs) diner uh so then that's basically their like reconnection scene and then the next thing you get is mike and jack in a car together uh and then connor pops up because he just did coke in the back seat yeah apparently he's got a coke issue um and they're like we're on our way to vegas like we're gonna reclaim our youth like uh britney they don't go to vegas they don't like yeah they they can't make it to vegas because they're like their legs are cramping up from driving for so long and stuff like mike uh uh he is about to get engaged to britney basically or like she says she wants to get married for the baby so that it's just like shuts down he full he's (laughs) like uh they're getting ready for like a baby shower or something and she's like i want to get married not just for the baby but for like our relationship and he's like okay like you can like yeah. there was tense music right before he said that or something and then he walks out and she's like where are you going and he's like i'm gonna go register to vote he's <laughs> <laughs> just out of it yeah. <laughs> um so then they yeah it's like i kind of liked the implications of like they're trying to go to vegas but then they can't make it anymore so they go to a different place um and then aspen is there because uh, he also got fired for uh, not being politically correct they made a shirt that said spirit animal they said ed cameron is my spirit animal and then he was like did you guys know you can't say that anymore and yeah. they just laugh at him um so yeah hijinks ensue i guess uh leah gives birth um or like she's in labor and they're calling jack to like try and get him to go back to the hospital uh none of them can drive because they're all drunk so they call an uber or something and it is the oldest man alive yeah and he is the crankiest most angry most offensive man alive yeah and he says something about rideshare scooters that bill burr said at the beginning of the movie and then that's when bill burr is like oh my god i need to change or else i'm going to be this lonely old man who drives uber so they're stuck in traffic so he gets out and that that's when they see the scooters and they ride the scooters to the hospital he misses the birth uh he realizes he's old he decides to go to therapy and then everything is just good after that like there are some conversations between mike and connor and their respective partners um 
And then, like, the final scene is a mirror of him at the beginning throwing a baseball with his son. Um, but now he has his baby daughter in a papoose. Yeah, like a baby Bjorn situation. Yeah, strapped to the front of him. Yeah. Uh, and he's playing catch. Mm-hmm. And someone, a dude on his bike who is mm-hmm. also a comedian. He's very funny. I can't remember his name. Mm. He shows up in lots of things. He was in Superstore as a reoccurring character. Um, he shows up and he's like, oh, hey, man. Um, you know, you may not want to play catch with your with your daughter there. Do you, you really think that's a good idea? Uh, and Bill Burr just like stares at him for a second. And like there's voice over or something. He's like, I've I've changed. You know, I've become a better person. Uh, and Bill Burr, like, you can see, like, he's getting angry, but then he just says, oh, you're right, man, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And the biker just goes, yeah, okay, and bikes away. Yeah. And then Bill Burr to himself just goes, asshole, and then keeps playing catch with his son yeah. and his daughter strapped to his chest. It's implied <laughs> that because he rode a scooter and, like, mumbled under his breath that he is meeting the new generation halfway. He got on the scooters and he was like, whoa, these things are really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the stakes of the movie seem so low to me um yeah the whole thing about the movie is that his five-year-old needs a good recommendation from dr l well that's how it starts kindergarten yeah uh and like that that is the underlying like it's it's there all the way through because then at the end it's like well my son's in public school now which is like they had a conversation about how that was a terrible idea uh yeah they say like uh, that school wasn't so bad and then she's like you said that school was bad and then like they don't specify what yeah. about any of it was bad um so the plot <laughs> i said this i said this earlier after you watched it yeah. um <laughs> was let's continue this fun little comparison we keep making with movies is <laughs> if if knock at the cabin is uh edging you and bottoms is finishing you then old dad's is suffering from erectile dysfunction of just like which is just perfect that old dad's yeah, yeah. Oh. it's like they did it on purpose thank you bill <laughs> yeah billy burry <laughs> where this movie starts things or like tries to go in a direction of something and then it just like can't it ma- fizzles out it can't maintain the momentum and i swear this never happens <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, his son's kindergarten recommendation letter or the fundraiser happening, like, yeah. to to me, in any other movie, that would have been, like, the big, like, climactic event. Um, and they just happen in yep. this movie. Um, he learns to appreciate the scooters, and that's, like, his turning point. <laughs> um, Mike is almost having a breakdown the entire time. We never see him, like, verbalize anything that he's actually feeling. Um and then he just like just kind of simmers out at the hospital and he's talking to he sees he meets Brittany there and he's like i'm sorry you won't get married and she's like don't propose to me in the hospital yeah. you have to take me to a nice restaurant first <laughs> uh and then they almost go to vegas and then that's the most acknowledgement that they have yeah. of the realities of aging and then it ends with him saying he scheduled a therapy session i would have liked to see an actual therapy session in yeah, this movie. Yeah, would never do that. <laughs> There's just no way Bilber would ever share his private therapy session. Probably not, um, but yeah. So 
kind of related to that to me there were several times that the plot went in a different direction than what i expected i thought this was going to be more of like a hangover movie or something like that where it's like just it's like they were trying to do hangover but also a movie with a point and and it it didn't do either one of those it's just it it blurred the line too much yeah it's just so there were a couple different times where i like was watching it and kind of anticipating of what i thought would come next so like we said earlier the business i thought that the business would keep the vintage feel but aspen would tank it because he wasn't able to do it authentically because he was born when we were um and then the guys get brought back on and take over the business again because they actually know what they're doing uh so like some acknowledgement of like we've done this before like some give throw throw them a bone basically of like yeah we're old but we do know some stuff that you don't or something like that um and then when aspen takes over the business and then saying that they need the perfect person who doesn't want to be famous and they go find ed campbell i thought it was going to be jack (laughs) when he was framing that and he's like that perfect person is and then it looks at like the camera i feel like is on jack for a second and he's like ed campbell and i want you to find him it's a weird subversion um and then leah locks jack out of the house after he yells at her in public and then he breaks back in um and then they keep yelling at each other uh and then he moves out after that uh but it briefly shows like him talking to like he has like a ring doorbell or something so it shows him talking to the doorbell being like it's me let me in um and then he he breaks down the door to get in and he just kind of goes like "Ah, i'll fix that later um i expected him to get arrested for breaking into his own house and then that was going to become some sort of commentary any one of these it's not something that i would have loved the plot to do but at least it would have been consistent with making some sort of point and it isn't really (laughs) it's just kind of a guy complaining and i wish that it was more than that yeah i think that's my big problem with this movie is that bill burr comes across so whiny yes like he comes across as such a baby boy yeah in this movie yeah and i know that he complains a lot in his stand-up and it's all like he's very angry and like offensive but it just i think is something that is acceptable with stand-up because yeah. when you're doing stand-up you you are making jokes about what you observe yeah and so a lot of that is complaining about what you observe you should center yourself in stand-up but when it's a character in a movie mm-hmm. and we're just watching you complain the entire time it's not entertaining it's just sad yeah um my kind of soapbox thing for this movie is like i agree our generation sucks oh yeah no uh, that's something we should say we're not fans of our generation we're not fans of our generation (laughs) but like i also think asterisk to that is like every generation sucks sure and ours just is doing it in a fun unique way it's different than the last one and that's just like that's what that's happens what happens every time yeah and i just don't get when people like bill burr don't see that yeah because it's like there's no way he liked the generation before him yeah right it's and, it, a, and it shows that with him like looking at the, the, old ma- the uber, uber driver, driver. Yeah. and being like i'm i don't want to be anything like you yeah like how could you be so out of touch um anyway i do th- like 
this movie isn't making a point but what it is almost attempting to do is like say we shouldn't be as soft like pc culture isn't or like is is out of control it that's not a unique statement but that's what it's trying to do um and like you can't say anything anymore i i just feel like in general you should keep in mind that this isn't about you and like i get that when you are older that maybe it can feel like the world is leaving you behind because of all of these changes and things that you don't recognize are becoming like mainstream but when there are words that's why you have to start young yeah right like in high school and everyone was getting on social media i was like what what is this yeah i don't get it yeah so like if you just start young if you just start if you start behind Mm -hmm. you won't ever feel left (laughs) (laughs) so like i can almost sympathize with this and like i get that that's the perspective he's gonna come from especially with stand-up like you're supposed to make your stand-up about you this is like you can't say certain words anymore that's like a big thing that people say Mm is like you can't you can't say anything anymore it's just like if maybe my general thing is like if you're not a part of that group then i don't think you get a say in how that group would like to refer to themselves (laughs) as and like it's just because you can't refer to people in a way that like you don't mean offense but they don't appreciate and you have been using that word for 20 30 40 years like it's just a respect thing my guy like (laughs) it's not about you it's about how people have like always seen themselves i feel like we also like we've done this when we've talked about other movies that like we've watched that have come out in the 90s and 80s and whatever that we've seen recently of like you can't say that anymore it's like actually you couldn't say that at all it's just no one was willing to listen to those groups saying like please refer to me as indigenous yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's just my general thing of like you gotta chill out and just like listen to people and that's not a I think new what take. Bill, what Bill Burr doesn't understand is that like all of the critiques that he has with people that like the caricatures in this movie of just like you can't say oh, that you can't do this. We should say that everyone in this movie is two dimensional. Yeah, they're just like a a New York Times comic strip. Yeah. Of a person. Yeah. Um But what he doesn't understand is like all of his complaints that he has with people are like what he's doing yeah like like just like how he sees the world is very much like i see the world this way Mm -hmm. so it must be right yeah right and what he i think really needs to grasp because he i I know i've heard him say stuff similar but i don't know if he applies that to himself is that literally nothing in this world is about you yeah like and that, that applies for everybody yeah so like i just don't why does i just he like he does kind of poke fun of himself too within this movie like that's the point is him being like he's clearly not trying to establish like i'm in the right the entire time like he he has some growth i guess (laughs) lowercase g in the last five minutes in the the last yeah last five minutes of the movie but like it's not it's it's just i forgot my point and i stopped caring about it this was an exhausting movie yeah just like in terms of i don't care this is bad it's lazy like so much of the writing was lazy and it was just like ranty yeah and a movie 
like okay so honestly the level of quality the, the, the writing in this movie is the same level that like cw or modern cable television is mm-hmm. but on the other side because i have i have a problem with cw with uh all of their just like forward uh even when it's like left leaning mm-hmm. stuff that i agree with which is not just nuanced like, it's not nuanced it's just like it's okay to be gay yeah <laughs> right that's the Thanks, level CW. yeah that's the <laughs> level of hate the of this writing in the movie i don't know if he wrote this movie um yeah we'll get there <laughs> uh, but like a lot of that stuff in this movie was just like the same level just with a different thing of just i don't like change yeah <laughs> uh a lot of the like we mentioned the two-dimensional characters earlier like you see that especially with like the just conglomerate of the parents of yeah. the school um i just watching that i was like one if this is truly how you see the world that's really sad yeah. uh two like this is like writing the yelp review person like you will always see more negative reviews or like just negative responses for stuff because that's like easier to talk about it gives you something to say or whatever you're not gonna see like people aren't gonna go out of their way if they had like a fine experience at a restaurant like just okay they're not gonna be like yeah i'm gonna tell people that this was just okay they're either gonna tell people if it was like on either side of a a spectrum and i just feel like that was the same thing with the parents of like this truly isn't how anyone i've ever met is i'm sure that person exists but like that's not the majority this is not this should not be like your like version of like the average liberal or just the average 30 year old (laughs) i've never met someone like this i know we live in the midwest but like that's the other thing he's just like this is in la and he's in his 50s i'm like are you not used to this by now (laughs) the company is 23 years old so he's at least been in la for 23 years like you had kids in la what did you expect was gonna happen anyway and maybe that's another thing of just like bill burr has been in la too long maybe he's just like maybe he needs to go home (laughs) yeah he should go back back to where you came from okay we should talk about the wives and just the relationships of the of the main three pairings and how if any of these relationships went on r slash am i the asshole everyone in the comments would say divorce So, uh, Leah, whenever she talks to Jack, she never says, like, specifically, like, you can't say that anymore. Or that's not, like, the goal of the conversation, like, what she's getting across to him. Um, but the movie definitely frames her in that way of, like, being the, or trying to be his voice of reason. Yeah. Um, she's also younger, I don't know how much younger, uh, younger enough that at one point he goes, this is the problem with your generation all, to her. Yeah. All of them, <laughs> all like... Leah, Kara, and Brittany are all younger yes. than their partners. Leah and Kara are somewhere around the same age. I assume they were in their thirties. Brittany, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure, is like closer to our age, of somewhere in her twenties. I assume twenty-five to twenty-eight. I was just like, they showed his sons. They showed Brittany. I was like, I hope they're not in class together. <laughs> and that was about it. Yeah. Um, but so the movie frames her at least as saying you can't say that anymore but what actually comes out of her mouth is you need to figure out your anger (laughs) and that's a completely different statement 
and like if you're hearing it the same way that's deeply fascinating and we don't have time to get into that but like that also to me makes the situation scarier if she's like my husband is an angry man and i'm worried about his interactions on a daily basis so that's a much higher stake situation than what the movie treats it as i mean like she tells a like a story that's supposed to be endearing i guess that is just a red flag she's like on our second date he tried to beat up like 15 frat dudes and you know what i was into it I slept with him. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, is that my computer? Uh, Oopsies. No worries. Um, yeah. Uh, there's one scene where Leah, Kara, and Brittany are all talking to each other, and I'm pretty sure it does not pass the Bechdel test, which shocking. So that scene doesn't, but I, uh, it, the movie does. With Leah and Kara? Yes. Arguing? Yes. I thought so, but it's also... It depends on... Okay. If you don't know what the Bechdel test is, <laughs> you should say that first. Um, then... I know I there's just many different versions yeah of the base version I just mentioned the Bechtel cast or uh podcast um the version that they use when they talk about different movies is uh two lines of dialogue uh they say between marginalized genders it started out as like bet- just between women it's just between two people who are not men basically yeah. whether or not the conversation is not about a man it's about Kara's son who is a boy no 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 <laughs> So, like, part of it is, uh-huh. but part of it is also about being a bad mom. That's true. And then later they meet up again, and she apologizes, and the other one is like, oh, I'm over it. I thought you were over it. Leah apologizes. Kara sucks. Yes. Um. So, it, yeah. it does. It does. But it's talking about only, like, it's talking about, you know, the 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 mother experience. Yeah. It's... It passes, like, on a technical basis if yeah. you want to use the two lines of dialogue. If you want to use the overall context of the scenes together, then it does not pass. No. <laughs> anyway, Kara, she is framed as, like, a controlling, just straight-up shrew. Like, she she sucks. Um, and it never questions... The movie never questions why that dynamic came up in the first place of, like, she's fully controlling over Connor's everyday schedule. When he finally, like, blows up at her at the end, he says, like she's frigid he she's unfeeling and he doesn't need every minute of his life dictated well he even he says i don't want to be in fear of you which like that alone is like you should get divorced yeah but then he also and she's like are you saying you want to divorce And he's like no yeah (laughs) but then he also like a line later is like when you open your legs the east germany national anthem starts playing and it's and then it's just like dude (laughs) dude (laughs) (laughs) so the movie never questions why that dynamic came up in the first place if like connor the entire time it even shows it in the trailer of he's like he's trying to relate to the youths he's trying to be a lot younger he's much more immature than his wife is to me i was like yeah these are both caricatures but also like Kara probably had to pick up his slack over the years oh, and that's sure. why they got to this point yeah. and Connor does not take any responsibility for that mm-hmm. um it also does not make sense to me why she is then simultaneously the my son can do no wrong parent oh really it makes it makes sense to it me. doesn't make sense to me that she like her introduction scene is her like leaning down to the son and being like just let your emotions out. He says that he she's frigid and unfeeling, 
but then she's so emotionally focused with her kid. That was the weird dynamic to me. Oh, but I don't I don't think she's like truly emotionally connected to her. It's she's done. going through the the motions. She's going of, through like, the motions of like what she should do, which is what like I think her whole character is and like the telling the husband like what he needs to do. She snaps at him to get him like yeah. to do stuff. No, and like the No, cuz I I have unfortunately met people like her where it is like she's terrible to everyone except the kid mm. um the character it does make sense. it's a caricature still but it yeah. does make sense to me um but i wanted m- her to get punched in the face <laughs> at, at least in one scene specifically because her little son comes up to leah who's pregnant and yeah. goes hi baby and slaps he hits her Leah's stomach. stomach. So him, him and Leah is like, "You cannot do that." And yeah. then Kara's like, "Do not yell at my son." And I'm just like, "You were pregnant. Yeah, you, you know, you know that." Yeah, <laughs> I I know nothing about kids. I I like don't know anything. Don't necessarily want to, like whatever. But I know like if some if anything like goes near the orbit yep. of a pregnant person's <laughs> stomach, then like you gotta treat that real carefully and like how is that not like how is that not the equivalent of like a man sees another man get kicked in the nuts and you like flinch yeah like and you go like yeah like how did how did kara not see that and and, like not feel any empathy (laughs) or or just like literal gut reaction of like oh my god that would be the worst thing to ever happen like yeah and uh i want to about the bechtel test thing Mm -hmm. uh, back to that I want to say, not every movie has to. There are movies where, like, yeah. if it's forced in... It's awkward. Yeah. However, this movie does enough to give the moms a little bit of character mm-hmm. that interact with each other that you're like, um, but it could have. For a movie that claims to be about parenting, then the moms are just shoved to the side enough that it's an issue that it doesn't pass the Bechdel yeah, test. And I saw, I me. see that you have a point about I do. more of, yeah. Uh, my next point before that is why is Brittany with Mike? That's a great question. Anyway. So my next point <laughs> is, um, there's a CNN opinion article that I found. I think it's literally called like why old dads made me mad. Um, <laughs> it's by this woman who is also an older mom. Uh, and she talks about like how the original concept for the movie seemed interesting to her. Uh, but then she saw the trailer and she was just like, oh, well, this sucks. Uh, and then uh, she makes some other interesting points. We should say that there's a whole part because Mike gets someone, gets Brittany pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Mike is like, I had I got a vasectomy and I'm in my 50s. This is crazy that yeah. I got a woman pregnant. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, Mick she Jagger, cheated. De Niro. Yeah. Well, or, or, or she cheated or she or, cheated but my thought was like just all of these recent old men yeah who are like famously getting people pregnant yeah. like vasectomies aren't 100 percent. like yeah. like no form of birth control is going to be 100 percent effective blah 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 uh so this article she points out that older moms are the only demographic that's increasing infertility rates uh i forget the exact percentages that she used um but this movie doesn't really look at the pros and cons that comes with being an older parent in real life um and then there's a quote from the article they thought was interesting where she says uh she's talking about like the difference in portrayal between older moms and older dads 
Uh, she's saying that's because the narrative about older moms is that we're selfish, not that we haven't found a partner that we're trying to get out of debt to afford a child or we have we have trouble getting pregnant. But older dads, no matter if they're octogenarians, are rarely called selfish or dried up. This movie does not, it completely ignores the issue of older moms by giving all of them a younger wife. Yeah. And it, they never address, she mentions in this article, like, Jack says that, um, it took him 46 years to become a dad and if anyone asks him why he just says f you basically yeah. it's never brought up like why it took him so long to find someone and to become a parent and like if this movie was about older moms then that would have been like the central focus of this movie is like why did you wait so long yeah how dare you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i think because we're just over an hour i think we should keep moving this along and yeah. get into production facts yeah uh so it was re- released october 20th 2023 on netflix uh it was produced by miramax and all things comedy that's bill bird's production studio um i will say this is a, like a netflix exclusive release we obviously or i obviously saw it in a theater um it was a very interesting experience watching it in a theater uh-huh. because it was it was a lot of older people in the audience everyone who came out and told us their opinions about it like loved the movie yeah um or <laughs> really liked they, yeah we watched the movie with the target demographic <laughs> and they had a great time and it regardless of what i thought about the movie it was cool to sit in a theater and have people like laugh and gasp and react yeah. at all the right points and i feel like i haven't actually experienced that maybe since like star wars came out yeah i mean it's also <laughs> like just since covid i mean we don't go to screenings with a lot of people very yeah. often it's like we'll go to a tuesday matinee right <laughs> <laughs> anyway this has a runtime of an hour and 44 minutes uh it's rated r obviously yeah. um, oh man oh wow it this rating went up um so <laughs> the critics ratings it has uh by the time or when i did the notes it has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 89% audience score. So different. I looked at articles earlier who like, uh, who had the Rotten Tomatoes percentage at 19%. So like it's gone up a little bit <laughs> as more reviews have come out. Yeah. Um, it has a 42 out of 100 on Metacritic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the nicer critic reviews that I could find... Um, was Brittany Weatherspoon from Screen Rant said, Bill Burr's film isn't the worst directorial debut by any means of the phrase, but the film's raunchy comedy fails to say something meaningful. All the other reviews were basically just like, bitter old man, get out of here, grandpa. Yeah. Which I was like, well, this is proving his point. Let's stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that is a problem with this movie is now if people don't like it, he yeah. can just be like, that's the point. Um, <laughs> audience reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, one guy gave it who gave it a five-star review said glad to see someone take a risk movies have been dumped down to a point where they are unwatchable thanks bill for bringing back what has made movies in the past still classics today god no this is again you you could say the words in the 80s but that doesn't mean you should have what risk was taken like i just don't the swearing it's just swearing people people hear swearing and talking bad about the new generation and yelling and they're like funny and i do you know what movie took a risk? Bottoms. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't I don't mean to, like, dumb down people who thought this movie was great. 
but I just really want to be like, why? <laughs> they have a dated worldview. Yeah. Um, audience reviews in general are some variation of you'll love this if you love Bill Burr. Critics are out of touch with reality and the people giving this bad reviews are just proving his point. No, no, <laughs> no, no, because we, no. Like we said, we yeah. are people who like agree that like the generation sucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. But tale as old as time, baby. Yeah, like, like it's just. <laughs> yeah, I uh... will also say, I was not offended by anything in this movie because I thought that it was just doing the boring option. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a an interesting one star review from the guardian that i saw um viewers expecting jack to make his peace with this by finding something to appreciate in the modern world would be sorely mistaken his growth limited to the realization that curses caused the least caused the least trouble when muttered under breath out of earshot instead of yelling into the offending party's face that's not nothing and yet it is very bad barely something hardly enough to build a movie around the years to come will not be kind to Jack, surrounding him with more and more reasons to feel befuddled and aggravated, testing his resolve to say nothing while he fantasizes about their slow, painful demise. And that should be workable from a comedic standpoint. When not using, when not being used to grind dull culture war axes, sputtering impotent anger is a comedy staple. It just needs to be funnier than this. Yeah. He's just saying he's not saying anything. And, like, yeah. I also thought that of, like, during the final scene of him throwing the baseball with his kid and holding the other kid and then like him just mumbling under his breath and whatever like i'm sure he is like a good parent and like his kids will be provided for that's that's true but i also was watching that and i was like what if one of his kids comes out as non-binary what the hell is gonna happen in 10 years (laughs) (laughs) uh i will say the one thing that they do really well in Mm -hmm. this movie is that they show that that bill burr does love his kids yes and he isn't afraid to show that in ways that his generation and and older Mm -hmm. where men aren't allowed to show like he says to his five-year-old son i love you buddy yeah like he is very loving towards his kids it's it's in the trailer and that that. is good yeah i wish why can't (laughs) i wish this movie talked about that and i wish it focused on like the toxic masculinity and like you know at like a big focus of everything everywhere all at once was like ending generational trauma yeah. <laughs> and, and like being like i i am sorry that i hurt you it was not my intention this is how i was raised let's work on this together kind yeah. of thing you could totally do that with this movie of him being like my kid is like five now yeah. he's understanding the world and like how i operate within it I want to tell him I love him and that it's okay to do and like express your emotions and blah, blah, blah. And like coming uh, figuring out how to do that somewhere when in you this were never movie, taught that somewhere in this movie is a good movie and it's 10 minutes long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, all of the stuff outside of his personal family dynamic mm-hmm. is not important Get to rid what of it. the interesting story could have been. You don't have to go to Vegas for this movie. No, you don't have to go to a strip club. Yeah. If this movie had been a rated R, and it can still be rated R, yeah. version of Daddy Daycare. Mm. And I'm not saying the plot of Daddy Daycare, mm-hmm. but the, the story dynamic of a father realizing he needs to be there for his son, he, yeah. not just monetarily. Yeah. That that's, is that's something. That is the movie that would have been more interesting. Yeah. Is the computer good? You keep talking. Okay. Um, 
yeah i feel like there are just just several parts where like uh the most interesting things are like the generations interacting with each other like when they talk to aspen and kind of have like a heart to heart and it's, it's like you kind of get interactions with all of them i don't know if you get one from mike but jack and connor at least of yeah. them like passing on wisdom to to him and like that's an aspect of like generational interaction that yeah. is important and trying to relate to each other and there are just so many missed opportunities of like talking about bigger issues of like just just what aging is like what being a parent is like instead of it just does the kids these days thing <laughs> yeah. and not even in a fun way i'm not gonna ask if the movie was a success because it's a netflix movie so we're not gonna know but yeah. what was allegedly the budget allegedly it was 57 million dollars that's this, ridiculous this is from like two unverified sites who like immediately tried to give me pop-up ads and and notifications so i i don't know how accurate it is um the so box office it's a netflix movie so no idea but i'm According to one site, it became the number one movie on Netflix within 24 hours, which I I don't know, again, how verifiable that is because it could just, like, how much do you really trust that top 10 on Netflix and how much of it is, Netflix like... pushing what it wants to. Yeah, like, we happen to have this movie that came yeah. out on Friday and it's number one, whatever. Uh, so, it's out there. <laughs> People will watch it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so it's starring and directed by and written by and produced by bill burr um bill. it it was co-written by ben tischler this is his first writing credit um and then they were both inspired to write the story after becoming first-time dads later in life why isn't that the thesis of your movie then i just so many scenes of this movie were bill burr doing his stand-up yes in conversation with someone yeah and there there is a way to translate your stand-up special into a movie and if you want a great example of that check out my machine or well i haven't seen that i don't know i haven't seen that either but that's the premise of that at least yeah but that's i heard that it wasn't great which we'll talk about it because it, it was, came out this year um but no the one that i was going to talk about uh was uh mike probiglia's sleepwalk with me mm. he, uh there's a there's a narrative movie version of that special mm. and that story and it is very good mm. And it doesn't feel like stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is never just, like, talking at someone ranting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the One of the, like, co-producers that was on this movie um, that was in uh, this interview from The Hollywood Reporter that I found really interesting, but in that he was saying, like, that was kind of the point of the movie, was, like, it's a narrative form of his stand-up, but I feel like you can't just you can't just copy and paste that over no. you gotta like you gotta flesh people out <laughs> yeah um anyway more on that uh hollywood reporter interview it gives like a general career trajectory of bill burr and like how he got to this point um he started as a clean comedian which i did not realize yeah. um and then it also just highlights some of his business and comedy decisions that he made that put him ahead of trends and like made him stand out um, he started a podcast in 2007, which was like two years before Joe Rogan started his. Um, and then his production company also began in 2012. So he's just like always been able to stay ahead of the game, basically, and yeah. keep himself Which is out so there. funny <laughs> because he's complaining about the game. Yeah. 
and the trends, but he's doing he's doing them real good. He's just paving the way. He's a hipster. <gasps> Bill Burr is a hipster. <laughs> oh my God, Bill, are you aware? <laughs> Be- oh my God, <laughs> this is my favorite discovery I've ever made. And I I discovered unattainium. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, a lot of the other, when they, cause they interview, uh, that other guy who is a producer and then also one of his longtime collaborators, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, Bill Burr's wife and, um, obviously Bill Burr, uh, they talk about a interesting range of topics. They talk about the Mandalorian and, um, what's her name? Who got fired from it? Oh, Gina Carano. Carano. Carano? I think so. Uh, they her um and like his general opinions on it and he was saying that she shouldn't have gotten fired just because it's a weird precedent to set of like your personal beliefs will dictate whether or not you deserve to make a living um which i get that on the face value statement yeah um when you get into specific cases it gets a little tricky uh who would have thought (laughs) and um he has this interesting quote uh where he's talking about like not cancel culture but just like society (laughs) 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 where he says uh i love the whole idea that somebody can go back eight years in somebody's twitter feed and be like what about this he continues and nobody says you had to go back eight years to find something sounds like this is a pretty good person if you had to go back eight years meanwhile there are a bunch of people who get paroled from prison every day who have done so much worse and they're allowed to put their lives back together you can have 20-year wars you can create synthetic heroin you can poison the food supply you can do all of that and it's barely going to read they did a study the other day that 85 percent of people have plastic in their body that's horrifying who's going to be held accountable for that nobody but i could tell you five different topics that if i did a joke about i would get a more trouble than the people who caused that uh, so i get it ignoring ignoring his particular take on the criminal justice system yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah like, i know I, what I, he means i get what he's saying especially like in in a country where we theoretically have free speech mm-hmm. i get it but i get hate it. speech is different hate speech is a thing but we're not a political podcast no <laughs> not this episode but we're getting close but um the all-new virtual cocktail <laughs> politics cast virtual cocktail 2024 <laughs> um i know what he means and like in general we it's easier to gain momentum of anger on someone on mm-hmm. like an individual than like the faceless identity of a corporation yeah. and i know that's what he's talking about that's also not how parole works <laughs> no. in, in general <laughs> but i know what he means and i i get it yeah i wish this movie was as nuanced as that quote yeah. <laughs> uh anyway reviews both positive and negative kept saying this movie was a or it was a movie version of bill burr's stand-up routine um like we mentioned before, uh, there is also a direct reference to one of his bits about how Steve Jobs must have been doing pretentious stuff at Apple office all the time, just like yeah. eating pears. And then you see Aspen doing the pitch yeah. and he's specifically eating a pear. Um, and then his uh, Bill Burr's wife, Nina Renee Hill, uh, Nia Renee Hill, sorry, plays the nurse in the maternity ward. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's a nice little cameo. Yeah. 
fun for the whole family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into our ratings for let's, this let's, movie. Let's surprise everyone with what our rating is. Yeah. So our rating system is a four-star rating system with five options. A zero out of four is, oh, no. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Guys, stop making movies. <laughs> and one out of four is it was a movie. Mm-hmm. Two out of four is it's well-made. Three out of four is it's enjoyable and kind of technically good. Four is Oscar-worthy. And, like, I gave it a four out of four. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I might change mine. I'm at a one right now. And I know that we said, like, let's not get too in-depth in this. I could really go in-depth in this, but also I straight up don't care about anything yeah. that this the, the movie problem, is presenting. The problem is that, like, like I said, there is 10 minutes of a good movie Yeah. in this movie. Which is why I want, I think I'm going to stick with one. Mm-hmm. And I know Bill Burr is talented. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell him, stop making movies. Right. I just think he needs to find the nuance and get away from raunchy comedy in terms of movies yeah so i think i'm going to stick with the one this has been my least favorite movie that we've seen this year i think and there is even a movie that i've given a zero that we haven't talked about yet yeah and i still think i like this one less Mm -hmm. but i think i'm still giving this a one because i think bill burr can do better (laughs) I think he can do better. Uh, it's just... Maybe he needs someone who writes movies. Yeah, <laughs> this really, like... The plot isn't a plot. It's a series of scenes yeah. strung together. And I it feels like one of those conversations you have with your buddy. And you're like, oh, what if there's a movie where, like, this happened and then this happened? There's and then a they, strip club. Yeah, and then they made that movie... It is also always weird to me when someone who made the movie writes themselves into a strip club scene. Yeah. He does interact the least. It's true. He does. In the strip club. Because he's giving a monologue about his wife and then like the camera slowly pulls out and there's like someone trying to give him a lap dance and he's just like, I don't know, maybe Leah's right. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Which visually I liked, but that mm, content wise, bleh. Um, I I'm I might give it a zero. That's fair. Just because this could have gone in any direction. It didn't pick any of them. That's fair. And That's it's fair. very obvious that there are like like three different plots you could have made in this movie. All or like three different movies you could have made all from this central concept of like an older dad. It could have gone on a buddy road trip of them like trying to find this influencer so that they can save the company. It could have been them like no, on a fair. deeper a deeper level of like my wife and I are both in our forties or fifties and trying to figure out how to raise a kid in this environment. It could have been like the same like kind of jokey guy version but then you see him experience therapy and like some sort of like beneath the surface level emotion and it just choose i feel like it actively chooses to not do any of those that's fair (laughs) and technically wise there's nothing about like cinematography or score or anything no you're right and actually the first thing that i really noticed was that it began with uh the the voice like record scratch freeze frame you must be wondering how i got in this situation. Well, no the, the first shots and it was probably helicopter 
but the first shots were very drone-like. Oh, yeah. And I have a problem when there's an unnecessary drone shot yeah. in any movie or mm-hmm. any short film. Like, it just takes me out of it because I can tell it's a drone yeah. or something like it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It's true. Nothing. I like. There's just, like, I think two and a half good scenes in this movie, I think. And that's, I don't know. What I like is, um, I like the feeling of seeing a character actor and being like, oh, I recognize you. <laughs> like, good for you. You're yeah. doing stuff. Um, so I liked seeing all of those people. Um, I liked specific line deliveries, but I did not like the context of the entire scene that they were in. And I also like Miles Robbins, who um, I know yeah. we've mentioned before. He's the guy that I always forget that his name is Miles Robbins because <laughs> I think he's like the third Sprouse brother. He looks like that to me. His parents are Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. So like he is a Nepo baby, yeah. but I like him because he always shows up in goofy stuff. I think for me, a zero out of four movie just has to be a movie where there's absolutely no scene that I like. And unfortunately, there were a couple scenes that I liked. That's why I'm like, I almost, I, it's either like a strong zero or a weak one. Yeah. Which maybe we should be doing halves. No, no, no. I know. Like, I, I think I'll leave my one. And then it averages out to 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's stop talking about that movie. Great. Um, um, and at the end, we always talk about a different movie that we've watched recently. I haven't watched movies recently mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks, at least, because I've been very busy. And sick. And sick. Yeah. Um, um, I watched The Birdcage kind of recently. That's I a good one. I don't think I mentioned that before. I don't think so. Um, I think it's one of those movies that like there are some scenes in it where it's like i don't know if you could like make that exactly the same now where like maybe it's it's running a little against pc-ness of just various terms and stuff but i also don't care because it's like it's one of those movies that's like if it's it's by gay people enough Mm -hmm. and for gay people that it's like ah just go for it like and also well, robin we'll williams see, we'll see how pc dicks the musical is yeah that's another <laughs> one we're gonna have to talk about this year um yeah but i enjoyed it i had never watched it before until no, a, fun... a couple weeks ago yeah. and it's like it definitely holds up well i think the plot is very interesting and there's enough of like um like an interesting parent dynamic yeah <laughs> in th- this in that movie that um is just fun to see it play out and it plays out like it hits all of the emotional beats that you want it to where i was like it surprised me a little bit at how genuine like this father and son dynamic was yeah um so i enjoy it no i think it's a, there's yeah, it's there's a good movie. you know some stuff that would probably be changed if <laughs> if slash when they make a remake of it yeah well that brings us to the end of today's episode mm-hmm. i hate ranting about a movie that's about ranting he has a whole rant about how his rants aren't rants. Um, yeah. The, uh, I wouldn't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, but we did. <laughs> yeah. we, do, we did this for you. Yeah. Okay? We we didn't want to, but we, we did it. When you we love you. When you were like, I need to figure out a time to watch Old Dads, and I was like, I can't watch it again. <laughs> I I really like... I wanted to want to watch it again, yeah. and I just 
can't it's so i can't do the secondhand embarrassment thing and the entire time it's like i can't it just hurts to watch i want bill to make a good movie yeah i think he has it in him i'm rooting for him we're rooting for you bill we're rooting for you to not do this again but for now go ahead and follow us on instagram support us on patreon Mm -hmm. leave comments and questions and we'll respond to uh respond to them on our other podcast Mm -hmm. virtual house sessions But for now, we will see you next week. Goodbye.